Make sure your cat lasers are tuned to the proper channel to properly receive Magic the Amateuring. That's right, everybody. If you're listening to this through a radio, how did that happen? That's weird. You should be listening it to it through the mouth of your cat. That's right. Hey, have we talked before about how this isn't radio? <laughs> but, more, but more importantly, that me, I feel like we've talked about this, right? That aliens won't hear it. This, yes, we have had that discussion, and Unless it made me sad. Unless they're specifically listening. Yes, mm-hmm, because um, we don't have radio waves. Exactly. We're not, like, broadcasting on radio waves no. out into space. So that no. 50 years from now, some aliens will be like, what's up? I also agree that Midsummer Night's Dream is not <laughs> Shakespeare's <laughs> finest work. Would that would that make you happy if that was the first thing an alien said to you? Yeah. If it, if, oh, my. Are you kidding? If an alien landed on Earth, I saw it first, and they looked at me, and they were like... Midsummer Night's Dream is a bad Shakespeare play. <laughs> I would just be like, welcome. Welcome to our welcome planet. Welcome to our planet. I think you're going to do a lot of good here. But the problem is aliens will never be able to say that to us because they're not hearing us over the radio waves. And you can only That's listen right. to Magic the Amateur, as you know, by watching YouTube or by yeah. setting your cat in a corner, carefully tuning its meow radius and having it open its mouth and broadcast to you. It's meow radius? What did we say earlier? Meow, meow, meow. Tune meow. the meow sensors. I can't remember what I said. You yeah. understand how to do it. It's yeah. your cat. It's your cat. You figure it it's out. It's really creepy idea. <laughs> I was just like picturing a cat sitting in a corner with its mouth open and our voices. <laughs> this is great. Or like some classical jazz. I mean, you can set it to whatever you want to play. Mm-hmm. A little exactly. known and a little used feature of most modern cats. That's right. Is their ability to broadcast. To broadcast. <laughs> you bought a Bluetooth speaker and everything. Straight from their mouths. You sucker. Ah. <laughs> Horrifying. Anyway, this is episode 238 of Magic the Amateuring. Yes, it is. It's a podcast about Magic the Gathering. Also, some some speculation about aliens Mm -hmm. and some critiques of classic theater. Welcome. We're so glad you could join us today. On today's episode, uh, we're going to talk about, you know, many things. Yes. Many things, including Megan's recent, uh, can I just say... Top eight. That's right, of an RPTQ. Wow. Okay, that's a milestone for the show. So um, we're going to talk about it, and I'm just going to try and keep calm. But as you may be able to notice, I'm not very calm right now. I'm pretty calm. I'm pretty hyped up about it, I Megan. I processed it a lot. Megan is way more calm about it than I am. I've had a lot of emotional dealings <laughs> with it. And we're going to have a story time. Yeah, we are. A magic story time. If you're not caught up in the magic story, don't worry. We'll let you know what's the what happening on Amonkhet through the end of Hour of Devastation. Is this the the final installment? It's the end. At the end of this segment, are you going to be like, the end? (laughs) The end? End? Question mark? Uh, I mean, not to give too much away, but this is going to end with not a... You know, you're not going to get a lot of closure. Oh, boy. So. Okay. How about that? Preparing myself. We're also going to talk about Grand Prix Birmingham, which was modern mm-hmm. over across the pond. That's right. As they say. and Not uh, the Birmingham here. No. Not the burning ham that you forgot and left on your stove. Go check your stove. Your ham is burning. Why are you cooking ham on top of the stove is also a decent question if you're... 
experiencing this problem. You know, what if you had the ham in a pan and then you cover, you'd had a very high lid to encase the ham in the pan on the stove? But why, look, you cook ham in an oven, okay? <laughs> I'm just asking theoretically Put if this would work. Put that ham in the oven. Would it Put would it, it work? in the oven. No. There's going to be too much heat on the bottom. You're going to burn, burn the bottom burn of the your ham before ham. the top of your ham cooks. <laughs> We're also today cooking show. Uh, cooking show. I just want to know alternative ham cooking methods. Specifically, ham cooking. Ham show. cooking. You could boil your ham in water. Oh God. <laughs> you could. You could. You roast a ham on a spit. You over can a fire? roast a ham. Okay. Um. You can. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So like, I get. I feel like maybe you were talking about like you know if you're like thinking of like a pig. Yes. Put a pig on a spit. Yes. But I was just imagining, you know, like the store-bought ham, but like with a <laughs> giant like, stick and through then, it and like rotating over a fire. Could you cook Anyways. a ham in a toaster oven? What? I mean, God, why? <laughs> a it's probably too big. Ham. Yeah. It would have to be a small mini ham. It'd be, have to be a tiny ham. I'm honestly kind mm. of uncomfortable talking this much about ham. <laughs> Well, let's talk about something else instead. That's right. And that's patreon.com slash mtacast. If you enjoy hearing how you can and cannot cook ham, mm-hmm. please head on over to patreon.com slash mtacast and help us keep spreading the good the word good news about not cooking ham on top of a stove. Ham blessings upon you. Um, but seriously, all of the contributions that we get over at Patreon, even like the, I would say like $1 is where $1 an episode yeah. is where most people contribute. Mm-hmm. Um, that's $4 a month. And it doesn't, you know, you think about it, it doesn't seem like a lot, but it means so much to us. Oh, yes. Because all of those donations add up. Yeah. Um, and they make a huge difference to us, and they make a huge difference to the quality of the show and the quality of the work that we're able to create. Absolutely. For instance, uh, if we did not have a Patreon, we would today not be talking about ham. No, we wouldn't. Because would, we would not know what ham is. There would be nothing coming out of your cat's mouth but meows. Exactly. Boring. Oh, Oof. Typical cat. And if you become a patron, you get access to our Discord server. You get access to a whole bunch of rewards. The Facebook group that's specifically for Patreon members. You get bonus content. I mean, the list goes on and on. But the most important thing on the list, I think, is the good feeling you get from supporting media content creators that... um, And our undying love. Our undying love that, that do things that you value in your life. Okay. So that's the end of my pitch there. Patreon.com slash MTAcast. If you want to help us out. as well to our sponsors, CardKingdom.com. CardKingdom.com slash MTACast. You can also leave a little comment when you place an order and have them send you one of our sweet stickers. You may notice that Megan and I, if you're watching the YouTube.com slash MTACast version of this, we are wearing their Card Kingdom shirts. They've got new merch. Yeah. New merch. And these are really adorable men and women's uh, baseball cut. Uh, I mean baseball cut. Baseball t-shirts. Yes. Uh, that say Card Kingdom. They're super cute. They're very um, soft. Super soft. I have my priorities. <laughs> Correct. Soft. Soft and cute. Um, <laughs> like the cat broadcasting this podcast. <laughs> um, do you know what? I was reading the other day, uh, or today, on Twitter. Yeah. Someone was like, I placed an order with Card Kingdom, and I realized that there was an issue with my order. But it had already arrived at my house before I could correct it. <laughs> That's classic Car Kingdom for you right there. That is how fast you will get your things. You'll be like, oh no, 
wait, it's already here. Yep, I ordered cards. <clears throat> True story on cardkingdom.com slash MTAGS yesterday, Megan. Yeah. And they will be in my hands in time to go play at GP Denver this weekend. What? So yeah. Oh yeah, we'll probably also mention that. What we're yeah. what we're locking in for, for Denver That's times. Right. Yeah, but that uh, go there, check out their new merch. These these shirts are really awesome. Yeah. And uh fast cards. Fast, fast people and fast times at Ridgemont High. <laughs> RPTQ Top 8. Hey, everybody. I went to an RPTQ. I promptly drew the first round. And by promptly? promptly I mean, yeah, no, that's the wrong word. Mm-hmm. I drew the first round mm-hmm. playing against a blue-white approach to the second sun deck. Oh, boy. Um, and then I went on to win my next three rounds. Uh, which meant that I could draw the last one <gasps> and get myself into the top eight. I then had to leave. Yeah, so this has been a question of contention on our Twitter. Everyone's like, no, Megan, what are you doing? Why are you leaving? Don't worry, uh, Megan's yes. fine. As, yes, I am I am good. Um, as much as I love magic, sometimes before you qualify for an RPTQ, you make promises to other people about uh, things that you will do or places you will be. <laughs> Uh, during that RPTQ, <laughs> which is where I found myself. Um, but it was still a great experience. Yeah. And Maria, I promised you a story about that blue-white approach match. Yes. You ready? Let's hear it. Okay. So I play against this blue-white approach deck. Question. And yes. What's your deck? Oh, I was playing blue-red control. Okay, continue. I had another, fu- before we get started, I have been pa- practicing blue-black control online all week. Yeah. Literally the entire week leading up to it. And then I couldn't get all of the cards in time, so I was just no! like... Heck, to heck with it. Like, I'm just taking this blue-red deck with me. So I went, like, I stayed out the night before because yeah. we had we had friends in town. So I stayed out the night before until, like, literally 2.30 in the morning. Yep. Slept a couple of hours and was just like, do you know what? Like, I practiced a different deck all week. I have to leave. And, like, you know, I'm going to just stay out late and to heck with it. You know, I'll throw it away my shot. Yeah. And then, Perfect you know, RPTQ very, mentality. Very differently. Um, so in this first match, yeah. uh, my opponent is playing blue-white control, and I realized that pretty early on. Yeah. You know, it's not difficult <laughs> to understand what's going on. And I was like, oh, this is blue-white approach. So he casts, like, on my end step, my opponent casts a hieroglyphic illumination on, like, glimmer in response. Um, because you're tapped out, and there's nothing, in my mind, there's nothing that this deck conceivably plays on five that's a threat. Right. It's not, there's not a torrential gear hulk. There's not an approach. There's, like, you cast more card draw, um, and glimmer is... Slightly more valuable than a hieroglyphic illumination. So I glimmer, and then my opponent probably untaps and plays a, a three mana Gideon, and I was just like, "Well, fudge." Um, and so this is so my first. I didn't know that actually from Gideon. my most of them don't. Okay. This, so this was very unique. Um, so my opponent, um, the first is a lesson from a mistake that he made, which is. Um, you know, turn goes on. Turns go on. He's hitting me for four every turn with this Gideon, and I'm getting to the point where, when you're in a control matchup, you don't want to have to be the person who starts trying to play threats first. Right. Um, but I'm about to be cornered into a place where I'm going to have to cast Torrential Gearhulk, uh, and just hope that it resolves so that I can kill this Gideon. And that's not a place that you want to be. That's a really sucky place to yeah. be the person who has to cast a spell. <laughs> oh, what a terrible. So my opponent is easily winning with this Gideon, right? They've got me in the corner. Um, And then for some reason, he tries to approach 
he huh. like casts his approach and I'm just like why, why are you doing this you don't need to you tap yourself down to two mana so I like torrential gear hulk he's got like you know and he has like no good counter magic for it because that deck doesn't really run a lot of disallows or that sort of thing it, it plays like some sensors and some supreme wills for the most part um and so I like right so I like land this gear hulk um you know, managed to kill Gideon. And also my opponent, like, unsum- tries to unsummon it on my turn. Yeah. Instead of with the one mana huh. that he had left up, he could have unsummoned it on his turn and I can't attack this Gideon and I'm, like, in a crappy place again. Um, so I, like, negate it, kill his Gideon. Um, but eventually we get to the place where uh, I lose because he manages to uh, resolve approach for the second time okay um so right so i lose that one it's really hard fought but the biggest thing was that like he gave me an opening just by trying to resolve this spell when he was already winning the game right like why you don't need to and we talk you about this you on don't the show. need to do this if you're already winning exactly how do you lose that's what you think about how do i lose and he lost by losing his gideon because he tries to cast the spell that he doesn't need to win the game right so that was like the first thing uh and then so i go in and i sideboard in like um more counter magic. I have like some negates, some dispels, a sphinx of the final word, and two summary dismissals. Uh, and so we're playing, and you know I, you know we're we're just like playing through the match. And my opponent on seven plays sphinx of the final word. And I look at my hand and I'm just like, crap. Yeah. This is embarrassing, you guys. Uh, I have pull from tomorrow, summary dismissal in my hand, and like some other stuff. <sighs> and I look at it and I'm like crap, I'm just going to lose because Sphinx of the Final Words is your instance and sorceries can't be countered. And I'm like, fine. I feel like this is the second time you've told the story about you misplaying around Sphinx of the Final Word. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. Uh, and so I like cast my pull from tomorrow um, just to be... And I hit my own Sphinx of the Final Word. And I'm okay. like, well, this is at least something. Um, and then, you know, and I also end up with my second summary dismissal in my hand. This is embarrassing, everybody. FYI, you can counter a Sphinx of the Final Word with summary dismissal. Because Sphinx of the Final Word says can't be countered. And summary dismissal says exile all spells and counter all abilities. <sighs> Lessons learned. Lessons learned. But here's my point is that then on my turn, I cast my own Sphinx. Yeah. Great. Uh, So now my stuff can't be countered, including my summary dismissals. (laughs) So I proceed and I proceed to counter to summary dismissal both of my opponent's approach of the second sons over the course of a game. And my opponent eventually ends up decking himself. (laughs) Wow. Um, so obviously that all, like, basically the point of this is that I ended up winning that game. Yeah. Um, thanks to realizing 20 seconds too late (laughs) that I, that my cards could counter cards that they don't, that they can't be countered. Let me tell you how many times I've had a counter spell in my hand and I have been like, yeah, that resolves. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I went on to win it anyways, and then we went on to draw game three. Uh, because we had something like four minutes left when we started it. Oh, man. So that was something else. But That anyways, sounds like a crazy round. It was it was really wild. And, like, eventually my opponent, like, right after I've already, my opponent, like, <clears throat> tries to resolve these two different uh, approach to the Second Sons. Yeah. Um, and I, oh, so they, they had three. And they had, like, just cast the first one and I countered it. Because even though it doesn't, right, it still counts as being cast. 
So if they resolve a second one, it still is, um, they still win, even if you counted the first. Um, I was just like, that gets the copy into his grave, into my opponent's graveyard. Right. Like, I don't have to worry about it anymore. It's gone. I only have to counter these other two with these two summary dismissals. Ooh. Um, anyways, I don't remember where I was going with this. Point Let me ask you this dismissal. question. <clears throat> this yes. is like, obviously, Magic the Amateurings. Yes. First RPTQ experience. Yes. So you won a PPTQ to get there. Yeah. What was it like going in to the RPTQ where it's like, this is where you go to make the pro tour. This is the people who are the best in the region. What did it feel like? It was pretty small and pretty chill. <laughs> okay. So that's it. It's pretty small and pretty chill. Pretty small and pretty chill. How many people were there? Um, Like 38. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is like pretty small. Pretty small. Um, So that's top four gets an invite back to the next RPTQ and top two make the PT. Yeah. Um, So yeah. And anyways, uh, so the next one I played like a black-white control deck which is just great you know that's just like you're playing control except i'm the one of us that has counter spells yeah yeah a plus (laughs) um and then so i also wanted like i realized after i had won i won my second one against mardu and my third game against mono red and that was the first time is you know you hear people talk about running hot sometimes yeah um, like people have said it before, like you don't, you don't top eight a GP without running at least kind of hot. Yeah. And that was the first time in my life that, that I you was felt like, it? I understand what people mean when they say <laughs> that they're running hot because yeah. my draws, because Mardu and Mono Red are both bad matchups Yeah, and I 2-0'd both of them. And it was just because Fire. it was just like, I, my draws were really good. Their draws were kind of bad. Yeah. And it was just like, yeah, do you know running what? Hot. That's it. Running hot. Uh, yeah. And you told me if you had stayed to play, you would have had to face two mono-red decks? I would have had to face at, at least, least one. The first one would have been mono-red, and I think the next one would have also been mono-red. Okay. I believe. But congratulations to our friend yes. from draft night, uh, Sam Eilenfeld was also there, Yay. and he made it. Uh, he's going so to the excited. PG. He was playing mono-red. <laughs> he had picked up the deck for the first time that day. Yep. Uh, but had a, like, he had, like, a five-page sideboard guide written out by our friend to top four GP Minneapolis with it. So, uh, he had a really solid plan, knowing what to sideboard. And we got, we've got two buddies now headed to the Pro Tour. That's right. Coming up, which is really cool. That's exciting. And you mentioned sideboard guide, and we, like, should talk about that on some show someday, because a lot of people don't know to use one and you can look at it in between matches mm-hmm. i had somebody do not look at it don't look the at match. it during you can't you do that will get a match loss <laughs> do not look at notes during the match. no 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 between no. your games um and i had an opponent at vegas asked me if it was legal to do that and didn't really believe me when i told him that it certainly was yes. <laughs> and uh yes. yeah so yes, it you is can. you can and it's very very helpful and you don't have to write it yourself you can ask your friends who play a certain deck to help you out that kind of stuff but but yeah and how do you feel like going into another PPTQ season, having done this RPTQ? Do you know what? I've talked before. I talked about after the PPTQ, after I was just like, I'm not a person that can do this, really. Yeah. And I feel like some people asked if I had dropped before I made it into the top eight. And the answer is that I didn't, um, which I feel like you can, if you want to have a quandary with that, you can go for it. Um you know, I see it as either, like, I drop and someone, the person right below me makes it in the top eight, or also, like, I gave the person I would have faced, who's listener of the show, actually, Tim Aubel. Oh. Aubel. Hi, Tim. Um, anyways, uh, 
you know, a scoop into the top four. Right. Um, but the truth is that, especially having to leave, I'm already feeling crappy about, like, I needed to feel like I could top eight it. Yeah. So. Let me tell you that that is not nothing. Is is proving to yourself you can do something. Yeah. And, and having, having that win. Yeah. And I understand people who might have a problem with it, but at the same time, like... It is so important to yes. you as a magic player, like where you're going, advancing, how how you're doing. If you spend most of your time um, feeling like you're a person who could never make top eight of an RPTQ, yeah, it means like sure you're looking at it. It's like yeah, but you couldn't win from there. It's like that already felt like so much to me, right? Of just like holy f, I am a person who is capable of doing that, right? Exactly. Which, is baller. It reminded me of when I was in Vegas, like what, how many years ago now? Two years, three years? Yeah. And a guy kind of um, pressured me into a concession. Oh, that's um, right. That's and right. I, I didn't know at the time really why it made me feel so bad, but like I think it's kind of the same thing. It's like, yes, I'm not live for day two. This is when you couldn't X2 and make, yeah. or X3 make day two. Um, but I still really want to prove to myself that I can keep playing and keep doing well and have a better record or whatever. Yeah. And like, that's not nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it's not nothing, especially for players who are trying to uh, get better and see the results improve or whatever. It means something. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, yeah, we'll just have to, we'll just have to run it back. Gonna try it again next time. <laughs> it's time for story time with Megan. Well, hey everybody. I just talked a lot. You sure did. And now uh, you're going to talk some more. But I'm going to tell other people's stories. Which people? The people of Amonkhet. Do you want to know what happened to them? Only bad stuff. Yeah, you know, we've spent a lot of time with these poor people on Amonkhet. Yeah. And uh, they've had a rough run of it. Maria, we wanted to see a plane just trash. And Amonkhet is a pile yep, of garbage. It's the one that it happened to. Sandy, sandy garbage. Yep. Just just a wreck of a plane. Um, so I've touched on this lightly, but I'll fully catch you up. Uh, so the last time I talked about it, it was just a montage of people dying. Yep. Was the most recent thing that had happened on Amonkhet. Yep. Everybody dies. Bantu and Hazret have their big fight, yep. right? Bantu also dies. Bantu dies. Uh, with her last reckoning. And Hazret is just real, looking real rough. And Hazret's leading the people out of Amonkhet in a biblical procession. That's right. Okay, so yeah, that's the part where we were. Um, first, uh, Hazret just kills the scorpion god. Hardcore. Oh. With some help from like Samet and Jero and like some other initiates and other And it didn't people. like just and reform? No, they like like burned it to a crisp. Ooh. They like turned it into ashes. Delicious. Just ashes. Uh, there's, there's a big fight. Hazaret has to like gets her arm stung by the scorpion and has, cuts her own arm off with her giant spear. <laughs> right? Because otherwise it would have killed her, right? The poison. So the poison. she just literally wow. cuts her own arm off. Um, and then they all, you know, them and the planeswalkers who are there, um, all fight, like, fight the scorpion god and, uh, kill it. And then, uh, Samet's spark ignites, um, because she helped Ching. defeat the scorpion god and Hazret leans down and is like, you know, I've been guardian You're of you for so long. You're better now. as a creature than you are as a planeswalker. <laughs> you're, you're, you know... Uh, your sparking night is you, or like you're like you're you've been protecting me now uh, so thank you and then I think Samet when she, her sparking nights I think she walk she accidentally walks to Ixalan I think that's where she goes oh. um, but she's only there for like a brief 
scene, right? It's like blue and cool, and she talks about looking up and seeing like this really weird, like strange but kind of familiar pterodactyl star. <laughs> star <laughs> pterodactyl a star pattern and then she wants to go right she's like no i have to go back to amaket so she planeswalks back i love how every time somebody's sparky nice they accidentally planeswalk somewhere right, that's like how your sparky nice is that you accidentally walk somewhere i just fell down the stairs into mirrodin whoops um so yeah sam planeswalks and then comes back and then um hazaret is like, do you know what? The best thing that we can do is leave and go, um, you know, survive and rebuild this world. Uh, so, yeah, she and this little band of survivors take off into the desert. Uh, they're all straggling behind. And then Nicole Bolas is there. <sighs> he's not done with them yet? Well, no, not in the desert. I mean, oh, he's, he's in, just he's hanging over out. over the city of Noctuman. Okay. And, uh... Then the planeswalkers are there, and the planeswalkers are like, we've got to take him on. And Jason Gideon are, like, arguing about plans, and they're just like, there's no Strategic time for planning. a plan. And Nicol Bolas is like, God, I want to murder somebody. Or just make them feel despair. Eh, either one works for me. That part's a little lame. I'm I si- want Gideon to die. This is what I'm doing. I'm sitting on the edge of my seat, because I was sure some planeswalker's going to bite me it. Me too, but Gideon doesn't die. <sighs> He thinks about just letting himself die. But then he doesn't. <sighs> then he planeswalks away. They Never all planeswalk away. So, like, they're not really defeated. They're just kind of, they just kind of lost a fight. Yeah, so you, there's, like, then there's, like, a montage of Nicol Bolas fighting each of the planeswalkers in turn. And just, they have no chance. Yeah, no. You do get that. They just have absolutely no chance. Uh, I'm trying to remember who's first. Like, maybe it's Jace, and Jace, like, tries to get into his mind, and Nicol Bolas is just, like, swats him like a fly. And then Jace... <laughs> nice you, try, mind exactly, boy. Exactly, and messes with his head, and Jace planes walks away. Jace starts to lose his mind, and planes walks away. Oh, he's going crazy? Yeah. All right. Thanks to Nicol Bolas. And then, like, Chandra tries to burn him, and Bolas is like, ha, 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 I'm, I'm a big dragon. Um, I breathe fire, fire woman. Exactly. And then, like, Nissa tries to attack him with an elemental, and he, like, pulls her down with all these, like, dead vine things. Uh, and then, uh, let's see, Liliana, he's just like, you know that this is a losing proposition. And so she leaves. <laughs> just talks her out of it. Exactly. And then Gideon thinks about fighting and is like, I could fight until I die, and wouldn't it be better to just die at this point? But then eventually he also planes walks away. Where do they go? No one knows. Mm. They're gone. And then Nicol Bolas has his giant army of scarab people. And he's just, like, laying in wait for the well, next Well, he has thing? the... Well, Tezzeret... So Tezzeret is... Uh, arrives, right? Oh. Um, and you learn that Ral Zarek has been working on something. Okay. He's like, go get Ral Zarek. Tell him to work faster. I don't know. Uh, and then they have, like, the planar bridge, right? Yeah. Is what they stole back on Kaladesh. So you get the sense that he's going to take this army of thousands of scarab, you know, like that... Lazatep. Lazatep-covered uh, mummies and all of his immortals and take them to some different planes and conquer some planes with his giant army. Nico Bolas, Nicky Bee's taking over the universe! I mean, are we going to Dominaria at some point soon? Yes, we My are. My guess is that they're gonna go to Dominaria and like, just... Let's just, start, let's just start back and destroying where it all came exactly, from. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, story time. Wow. Things are bad. I wished that one of the planeswalkers had died, but if you read it, they all are like, we can fight him! And then they just are just like completely... Just Obli- totally they can't, obliterated. You know, if they're, 
like Nicol Bolas is like a giant, and they yes. are like flies. They are the size of his, smaller yeah. than his hand. Yeah, his exactly. dragon paw. Smaller than his his giant dragon paw. <laughs> I kind of struggled with saying paw there yeah. uh, instead of claw, but uh, dragon hand, dragon foot. I'm not sure what the um, right word is for it. I feel like talon claws. claws. So we didn't get our, uh, you know, wish for the death of one of the planeswalkers, but we did get the utter destruction of a plane, which we did ask for. Amonkhet RIP. I hope Hazret, you and your one and a half arms are able to help the people Amonkhet find some. Oh, just cut it off at the top. At the shoulder, man. At the shoulder. Hazret, I hope you and your one single arm are able to help the survivors of Amonkhet find a nice place to build some, uh, I don't know, build some houses, start some new families where you're not doing a weird, crazy death wish trial thing. And instead you're like, hey, what if we made pottery? Ooh, that sounds nice. What if we set up book clubs? What about pottery? (laughs) That's just what I want every civilization, once they're settled, to just be like, you know. Hey. What about pottery? Pottery. Do we have to go conquering and getting more land for reasons that I am unaware of? Or can we just sit here and make a nice what lazy about Susan. pottery? <laughs> I'm sorry, are you suggesting that lazy Susans are made of pottery? I mean, you... <laughs> I'm trying to figure out if there's a way you can make it work. You'd have to make little pottery balls for it to rest on. I mean, like, I'm sure you could, it. but that is just not the most efficient thing to make if you're making... Like, why? I just want to know why you would make a Lazy Susan out of pottery. There's so many better things to make first. You could make a pottery fork. (laughs) That would feel so weird in your mouth. They have the Luxa there, so the mud is ready and available for potting. Now I want to take a pottery class. Do you, though? (sighs) Yes. (laughs) I don't know. You're going to end up in some kind of, like, ghost situation. Oh, yeah. You're gonna be like you're not gonna be strong enough to throw it. You're you're gonna be so messy. No, no. <laughs> there's gonna be a ghost who comes back and wants to help you make a pot. Exactly. <sighs> Have you ever seen? Did you watch Community when it was on? Yeah. Do you remember when um, they take pottery class? No. And, oh my god! So there's like a season. I don't remember which season it's in, um, but I want to say Britta and Jeff take a pottery class. Yeah. And the, or maybe I'm messing up what it is, but anyways, the, the professor is just like, and no matter what, like, no, no ghosting. <laughs> there is no ghosting yeah, in this pottery Yeah, he's like, you will, you will fail the class. Like, no, don't you dare. Uh, it's great. Yeah. That's a, that was a good show. Oh, yeah. A good show for a solid, long time. Solid show. Anyways. Anyway. <laughs> The end. <laughs> GP Denver preview. Hey, everybody. This weekend, we are venturing. Venturing. We are venturing. <laughs> we are venturing, which is what not venturing. Short figure out. For inventioning, but rather a ma- misspeak of uh, we are adventuring to the land of mountains, Denver, Colorado, to play some standard. That's right. Home of the Denver Broncos. Home of the Denver Qu- Quiet People, which is their <laughs> their cha- world championship reading team. Home of the Denver Science Museum. 
home of uh, shorter breath when you climb up a mountain. Home of the Denver Art Museum. Home of a lot of recreational drug use. use. (laughs) Yeah, so (laughs) uh, we've been talking on the show a lot about Denver coming up and how we're going to play it and what decks we're going to play. Megan, what have you decided upon? I am playing Blue Red. Oh, there it is. (laughs) Sometimes you play a deck a bunch, you do terribly, and then you don't play it and you do well, and then you just say to yourself, you know what? Heck it, I don't have any control over what's happening in the world. Let's just play it. So I will just play what I own. Yep. Yeah, you know what? Some Just surrender yourself and there, to the metagame. That is where I am. I shall be playing Blue White Monument. Ooh, that's a nice deck. Yeah. It's a I like it. perfectly serviceable deck. It and is. when I sat down and thought to myself, Maria, what color do you want to play? The answer is, of course, white. I want to play white. So what deck is the best deck that has white in it? Um, that's not a control thing. <laughs> well, your options are one or two things. <laughs> yes. You can play Mono White Monument or Blue White Monument. There's the Black White, like, um, no, Hidden Stockpile, not, but I'm not, not doing that. Or there's, um, nope, never mind. Anyways, that's it. <laughs> no, you could play Mardu. I could play Mardu. Mardu, there you go, Mardu. But I'm not freaking But Mardu isn't Mardu. That really a white deck. I'm just bored of Mardu. To be honest with Aren't you. Aren't we all? But just like, I Oof. want something new. So I've been practicing with it. Um, and it's going, this is what I can say for it. I played a lot of different decks. And I lost, I believe, all my matches I played with them. You might say to yourself, that's a feat, Maria. How do you lose every single match you play with a deck? Yeah. But let me tell you, I was able to accomplish it. And I was like, I don't know what's real anymore because obviously I'm just like awful at all of these decks. And then I picked up White Blue Monument and I won two matches. (laughs) And that, ladies and gentlemen, is is what solidified me (laughs) playing that deck. So White Blue Monument, welcome to my life. We are going to GP Denver together. Yeah. We've had a short courtship, but it's been a mediocre one. And we, are, you know what? We're just going to go a for short, it. short but mediocre courtship. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, uh, if it wasn't long, at least it wasn't great either. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. It's a good point. We'll see what happens. Um... So I was I was playing last night and I realized so we were talking just a little bit ago about sideboarding guides. Yes. And I had been struggling with that this matchup of, with my deck versus yours. Yeah. Um and finally I just like looked at it and I was like, "Do you know what these ways I've been sideboarding have not been working out?" So, you know, screw everything. I'm just going to try a really wild sideboard plan. Yeah. Um and it, do you know what? It worked out. Worked out really well. I mean, like, sometimes you just got to go all sometimes in. Sometimes you need to try it. And that's what practicing is for, right? I forgot. Like, that's sometimes you forget. But practicing is for trying things to see what works best. Not just, like, trying running again, it back, again what it you back. already think is best. Yeah. Because then you're not learning anything new. And, Poof. you know, like, you, I still have to decide which kind of cards I'm going to put in the deck. There's a final few slots. There's a whole bunch mm-hmm. where I should like, set in stone. But am I going to run, like, am I putting these stasis snares in? Am I putting these negates in? Am I putting these, how many metallic rebukes? <laughs> Whoa, sorry, sorry. Uh, tune your cats. Tune your cats. They're a little out of tune. Wherever oh, your yeah, cat yeah, is. Yeah. Quick, or maybe you're, you're someone's in. calling your cell phone. Oh, interfering it could with the be frequency. either of those things. Um... But yeah, so I played this deck more than I played Mono White in GP Minneapolis last year. Yeah. But, you know, that really doesn't mean anything. 
<laughs> because that deck turned out to be like super well positioned. Um, uh, just on on uh, complete happenstance. Man, I miss languish. Oh, Megan, <laughs> you've got Hour of Devastation. You've got Bantu's Last Reckoning. That's you've true. got frickin' Hour of Revelation. You've got Sweepy McGee, Fumigate. You've got Sweepy McGee. <laughs> God, how did I forget about good old Sweepy McGee? Dear Magic, the next time you have an unset contender, contender, consider Megan and I to write your card name. <laughs> Sweepy McGee. McGee. <laughs> and it's some just guy with a broom. <laughs> But the the it's thing, a giant with a broom. A giant with a broom. Up all these tiny little creatures. Yes. Oh. But the way you have to use it is you have to use the card as a broom, and so you put it on, and you just and you, you have to sweep, sweep it, sweep, sweep the permanence off. Sweeping McGee. Yeah. Anyways. So yeah, we'll uh, be there if you're at GP Denver. Come up and say hi. We always want to say hi to people. We'll yeah. give you a high five, and you know, don't be don't be shy. Um, we don't bite. Don't like pie unless you're a delicious donut Ooh. person. Let's talk about modern, baby. Let's talk about decks that see their beat. beat. It was right there. It was Ugh. right there. Decks that beat. Well, we uh, had two GPs this past weekend. Uh, yes. Grand Prix Birmingham. Yes. Grand Prix Sao Paulo. Yes. And they were both modern. Yes. And here's the cool thing. Most of the decks in the top eights were all different. Yeah. Uh, so, Maria. Yes. Take a look at Grand Prix Birmingham. All right. Uh, we have Bat Nightfall Humans. Yeah. All right. That deck is pretty cool. If you've never heard of it. Um, yep. I played against it in real life, actually, when I was preparing for Vegas. Mm-hmm. Playing my bogs. Because, you know, here's something I'll just stop briefly and say. Playing a deck in real life is really different than if you've been playing online or something. And vice versa. So it's mm-hmm. it's kind of important, I think, um, if you've been testing primarily online or, you know, whatever, or only with friends and you want to play an online tournament, that you try it out in real life because it plays out a lot differently. Anyway, yeah. I played against this Bant Nightfell deck. It's a really cool deck. Um, just plays a lot of different humans. Lots of humans. Uh, some collected companies. A retreat to Coral Helm for a little combo uh, with a Knight of the Reliquary. Knight of the Reliquary. Yeah. Cute. Then we have Lantern Control. So Lantern Control, still controlling. Oh, hi, friends. <laughs> still being the bane of most people everywhere, except for Megan. <laughs> what a beautiful thing it is. Uh, yeah, uh, doing pretty well. Yeah. Uh, Abzan Company. Yes. This is the one that has Devoted Druid and uh, Combo. Vizier of Remedies to make one billion mana. I'll make one billion mana, please. Excuse me, one billion mana. And then uh, uses Duskwatch Recruiter to find a walking ballista and make a walking ballista that is big enough to kill you. Burn. Which is what won. Yeah, Burn won this tournament. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. Uh, I cannot pronounce this person's name. I'm yes, very we're, sorry. we're sorry, but... Loke Labriand. Burn. With yes. four Shrine of Burning Rage. Ooh. Which is kind of cool. That's exciting. Um, that. <laughs> I It's been a while since Burn's taken something down, so it's kind of neat to see it win, even though nobody likes playing against Burn, just <laughs> generally. Um, but you know what? 
Uh, oh, then we have Titan Shift. Titan Shift. I like this deck. Titan Shift is a really cool deck. Um, yeah. And it was the second most popular deck at this tournament. Ooh, after? After Death Shadow. Death Shadow. Grixis Death Shadow. Yeah, so these oh. other decks are kind of making their way back up. Yeah. Uh, oh, here we go. And Here's speaking a Grixis of Death Shadow. Death Shadow. Moving on. Similar <laughs> Absinthe deck. This one is not a... Um, not a com, not the combo. No, it just has Mid-range. you know some grim players, some Tarmogoyfs, good old friend Tarmogoyf, some Liliana of the Veils, you know, classic hits. Black green rock. Yep. Again, just some classic, classic hits. hits. Tarmogoyf, Liliana. All right. Plus kitchen finks. Oh yeah. In that version. There we go. So look at this diversity. Look at this diverse top eight. Look at all those decks. I love it. Uh, we had we had more. We had more Death Shadow in uh, Sao Paulo. Yes. We had a ju- just still just two, though. Yeah, just two. Uh, another Bant Nightfall, another Titan Shift, another Abzan Midrange, another Abzan Company, a Black Green Tron, Tron. and a Jeskai Control. Black Green Tron. Oh, interesting. That, I'm going to take a little take scroll. A little scoop at that. To, to see that. Maria, do you know what? As we were browsing this page, do you know what I remembered? Hmm. Some news that we should talk about. Oh, yeah. Which Hit is me. the um, exploring Ixalan by exploring our world. Like oh, the yeah. geocaching. <laughs> yeah. For different pieces of <laughs> Ixalan, like art and previews and story and yeah. that sort of stuff. The end, it affects the story. Yeah. So, Megan, tell yes. everybody what's happening. I mean, I just... <laughs> so, like, you can go and register on geocaching.com or something like that? Yeah. To be a part of this craziness for Ixalan? Yeah. Where you go and find stuff you and... You go geocache. And there's going to be community members that are have clues. I was slightly confused by it so <laughs> It's like a treasure hunt, you guys. It's like a real-life big old pirate map. That makes sense. It makes sense. It does. I hope one of the things that you're able to find is a real-life dinosaur encased in amber, and then we unleash Jurassic Park Jurassic on the Park world. Jurassic Park on the world. Yeah. Uh, there's not a new magic set coming out. There's Jurassic Park. It's just Jurassic Park happening. There's Jurassic Park. So... Do you know what? At the RPTQ, I did get a sick Vraska, pirate Vraska playmat. Ooh, pirate Vraska. So you got, like, you're already... One step ahead. Oh yeah, it was nice. great. Like a deck box and a and a pirate Vraska playmat. It's pretty cool. What do you think is in this the black? The color scheme is beautiful. What is it? It's just like the color scheme on. It's just like the like this like luscious green background with like this like big feathered dinosaur on it. Oh, I'm so excited for Ixalan. Pirate garb. Oh. Oh, I hope Evolve comes back. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how it can't. I just, I just, I want to see colorful, beautiful dinosaurs evolving in other dinosaurs. Anyway, Black Green Tron, it yeah. was my, my, my guess was proved correct. World Breakers in this deck. Oh, God. Yeah. Stupid effing World Breaker. World Breaker. Breaker. Why does it have to come back Ugh. from the graveyard? That's all I wanted. Why? Know. Why does it? Why? Why does it have to keep breaking know. my world? It should be called Keep Breaking Your World Breaker. <laughs> world Keep Breaking Her. <laughs> Uh, we've been playing versus a lot of ramp, as you may be able to tell from our hatred of World Breaker. Yeah. In uh, standard. Card in standard. Sucked. So this is really cool just yeah. to see that modern is healthy and there's lots of different decks in the top eights. Uh, go out there and play whatever the heck you want, mm-hmm. apparently. Um, <laughs> just, yeah. just go forth and play it. <laughs> this has been your modern update. Go forth and play it. <laughs> 
What's up, chicken butts? Hey, yo, it's the end of the episode. We did a show. We did. You listen. Did you? Or did you not? Get prepared to close your cat's mouth. That's right. <laughs> Otherwise, they'll just sit there with their mouth open <laughs> in a corner. Like broadcasting static. Yeah. And no one wants to hear their cat broadcasting static. So uh, thanks for tuning your cat's ears into us this week. Yes, like tiny antenna arms boop, that you can boop, boop, adjust boop, to pick up the signal boop, 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 that you want. And I want to tell you that you can go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash mtacast. so easy to remember. You might just forget. Uh, what? <laughs> You can find an, a whole new public service announcement on there that we posted uh, yesterday. So for YouTube's day, uh-huh. it's pretty good. Did you look at it, Megan? What are you? What are you? I was do? just laughing because you have this nail polish on yeah. your shelf, and it says "Polish me, silly." But for a second, <laughs> I looked over and thought it. It said "Polish." <laughs> Polish me silly. Does that mean just like feed me Polish sausages until I'm meat no drunk? I have no idea. I have no idea <laughs> what Polish me silly would mean. But. I'm Maria and I'm Nurple. <laughs> Polish me silly. Polish me silly. Magic the Amateur's new catchphrase. Thank you to everyone who is already uh, contributing on our Patreon. <sighs> Patreon.com slash MTACast. It really does mean the world to us. You keep the show happening. If you are not already a patron, please consider becoming one. Um, again, as little as a dollar an episode makes a world of difference when it's a couple of people every month who yeah. are beginning to contribute at that level. Even a penny in the pot eventually makes your pot full of copper, and if you trade in copper, it's relatively valuable. Oh. Like, that's why people steal copper pipes. Out they of houses. S- that's a thing? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Huh. Who knew? Well, anyway, thank you again to our sponsor, cardkingdom.com slash MTACast, the perfect place to purchase cards. If you're about to head out to a tournament near you, far from you, or anywhere in between. And you can get these brand new shirts and other merch that they've just added to their store. Cardkingdom.com. Until next week, Polish me silly. (laughs) 